Welcome to the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. In June 2018, we both left our careers at the age of 31 and started traveling with the mission of finding and creating work locally in the United States and around the world that inspires us while helping other people and the environment. This podcast documents our adventures as well as highlights the inspirational people that we meet along the way. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode nine, everyone. We're Kim and Chris, and today we have a discussion. Budget. Yeah, a discussion about and what's budget. left of them, <laughs> which isn't much. <laughs> Things did not go quite as planned with our budget, and we wanted to have a discussion about our mindset behind it all and kind of why we ended up doing things the way we are doing them. So maybe first we should mention what the budget was and why we picked it and yeah, maybe a little bit of a breakdown there. Yeah. So we do have a blog post about this, which I'll link to in the show notes, but back in June of 2018, we left home with the goal of spending $10,000 on a year worth of travel. Now, we also bought travel insurance before we left, and so we took that off the $10,000 and knocked it down to $7,141. Yeah, so averaged out over a year, that would be about $20 a day. Turns out our trip is actually going to be 11 months, more or less, so that's $21 a day. Yeah, and <laughs> but that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, kind of irrelevant. Um, the goal, I guess, why did we pick the 10000 the 10,000 was kind of a random number. It was a number that we thought, hey, maybe this would be possible. And and I, I do think it would be possible, and we can talk about this later. But really what the other thing that that number represented was a number that was ultra conservative in terms of if we go over budget, we we will still be okay and we won't have to file for bankruptcy. Uh, when we get home. <laughs> right. So e- even, yeah. even if we doubled that number, it would be just fine in terms of we left ourselves some cushion. Yeah. So that's we just kind of picked it as a random number, wanted to see if we could do it. and To challenge ourselves. Yeah. Went in with that mindset and tried to stick with it. And so we've been tracking costs the whole time we've been traveling. In our budget, we've broken them down by categories to try to make things a little bit easier. Well, the categories are travel, groceries, restaurant, lodging, tours, and then bills. And miscellaneous. And and miscellaneous, yep. So maybe let's just say the overall number so far through December 31st we have spent. I hope it's under budget. $13,755. What, was that under budget? What was no. It? Okay. So, <laughs> Not even close. So we're slightly over budget. Yeah. Yeah, it's so over budget. So we're averaging at this point $65 per day of spending. Triple what our goal was. Yeah. But you don't have to sound like you're dying over No. There. It's just, it. yeah, it's higher than we expected. However, we wanted to talk about this a little bit, not because we want to make a bunch of excuses, but more so so that we can share kind of our mindset and why we decided to spend a little more money than we originally planned to. And I think the the easiest way to say this would be, and from my opinion, I'm, I'm actually not surprised, you know, knowing what I know about what we've spent. I'm not surprised that it's that high today. You know, over the last three months, it was becoming apparent that we weren't going to be close to the budget. Yeah. But 
we made some very deliberate decisions along the way, and we knew this was going to happen. So in my opinion, I think part of that is we knew we had some cushion, and we knew this was a trip that we wanted, and we aren't probably going to do one quite like this again in our lives. And so it doesn't make sense to get to some of the places that we've gotten to and then to not see or do the things that we want to do because we're going to go over our budget by a dollar or two that day. And yeah, we've we've obviously tripled it, but (laughs) it was sort of like, hey, we're here. We probably won't ever come back here. And, And these were conversations we did have. We'd be like, oh, well, I'd love to see that, but you know, we'll, we'll have to see that the next time. And then we started thinking to ourselves like, well, there may not be a next time. Right. We may not make it to some of the places we've been. And so planning our trip and living our lives like we're coming back to this place didn't, didn't make sense. No. I mean, our budget, like Chris said, is very conservative. So we decided that it was okay to spend some money to see some of the things that we wanted to see and have some of the experiences we wanted to experience while we were there. Yeah, and so stuff like, you know, we had a four or five day tour in the salt flats in Bolivia, and that cost about $500. So really... Yeah, over the $20 a day budget. Right, but again, $500 for an all-inclusive tour for five days... Yeah. That's a pretty low, like, you, you would never find a tour like that in the U.S. or in most parts of South America for that kind of cost. And and to see the stuff we saw and to have the experiences we had, it was it was worth every penny. And, and I don't think either of us regretted it one bit. No, not at all. It was an amazing experience and worth, yeah, worth every penny. The other big one that we made early on is we decided to go to Spanish school. And this was not part of our original plan when we left home. So that wasn't accounted for in our original budget plans. And we spent a month in Spanish school in Sucre, Bolivia for about $1,400. And that also included a place to live for a whole month. Right, but not food. But not food. And it was one-on-one Spanish lesson. So it was us and one teacher. So we got a lot out of that. It was actually pretty difficult because... Neither of us have learned another language in depth like that before, but it was an eye-opening experience, and, you know, it really set us up for more success as we traveled because we had that baseline Spanish. Yeah, and so looking at the numbers here in front of me, you know, some things that that stand out, and, and also looking at this and saying, okay, well, we've got four months left. You know, if you average that out, we're talking... Obviously, probably being close to eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars at the end of our trip, but I don't, I don't know that that's quite accurate uh, because a lot of our travel that is going to happen in the next four months has already been paid for and yes. is absorbed in the numbers. So yeah, you know, we've spent roughly five thousand dollars under the travel category, which is, you know, flights, buses, that type of stuff. Yeah. And it's that's a lot. But Chris's dad is coming to visit, and actually, he'll be the day this publishes, he's leaving. So he'll be here for three weeks, and we've scheduled and bought some plane tickets and tours and things with him. And then we've also we splurged and bought a plane ticket to Easter Island in April. So 
those tickets were $900 for both of us, which is actually well, a steal. $900 total. Yeah. Which normally, and so, the, again, the thinking behind this was we're down here in southern South America. There's literally only one way to get to Easter Island, and that's to fly from Santiago. And normally flights are anywhere between $950 and $1,200 a person. Yeah. And we found them for about 450 bucks a person, and we found a place to stay on Easter Island for free. To volunteer. It's yeah. a work away, yeah. So, so when we found those yeah. things, it kind of was like, okay, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And and again, we afforded ourselves the ability to say, yeah, it's, it's worth it, and we're going to do it. So... Again, looking forward, a lot of our travel costs have been absorbed into these numbers. Again, so $5,000 for travel. Mm -hmm. Groceries, pretty low, $600. Yeah, we haven't really cooked uh, that much with groceries that we've bought. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we cooked a lot in Ecuador. Yep. Uh, we cooked a decent amount for the first couple days in Peru uh -huh. before we left the worst work away ever. Well, maybe not ever, but the worst one that we experienced. Yeah. And then, right, so then we moved to Sucre, and we were living in a a place where it was really difficult to cook. And Yeah, the kitchen where we lived just wasn't very well stocked. And again, we're making excuses here, yep. and it was way easier to go out. We were trying to get a bunch of stuff done, yada, yada, yada. So uh, groceries... We didn't. We haven't had to spend a lot on groceries. And then our whole time in the jungle, we yeah, um, we had free food. Yeah, we cooked a lot, but it was with food. And then here, we've been at the. We're currently in Chile at the restaurant that we're volunteering at, and we've been eating there for free as well. But restaurant, we, we did have to eat. Apparently, we ate at restaurants. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of that was in our travels in Peru, and then also in Sucre. Yeah, I mean Peru was a decent amount. We ate. Most nights we ate at the rotisserie chicken places, but, you know, we ate for a week and a half there, and it was usually like $8 total for us to eat dinner. Yeah. Right? But that's, again, that's a good chunk of your, that's 40% of your daily budget going to one meal. Yeah, and we did that <clears throat> quite often, and Sucre was even worse. You know, Sucre was tough because we were at school. We were, we would leave school, we wouldn't. It, it's not super easy or cheap, really, to, like, buy bread and just make a sandwich for lunch. It was actually much cheaper to go and grab a lunch at a restaurant than yeah. it was to actually make our own. But it, it did add up, and that's why the budget shifted from groceries to restaurant. Right. You never actually said the actual number. $2,000. Ooh. On but, restaurants. But we are well-fed. <laughs> Well, I would say the plus side of that is we've been trying a lot of different types of foods and a lot of different types of restaurants, especially in Bolivia and in Peru, and that was a lot of fun. So it wasn't that expensive on a day-to-day -day basis, but it added up, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's seven months of going out to eat. Yeah. So. It's, yeah, $600 in groceries and $2,000 on restaurants. Yeah. But then we only spent $1,700 on lodging, so... You say only like that. Well, for seven months, I think that's pretty good. That is pretty good. It's Well, we spent more on restaurants than lodging. <laughs> yeah, but I think, again, you know, we've been in a lot of workaways or volunteer places. And, and also looking back at this, well, you know what, let's finish up the numbers here. The, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of our lodging has been 
uh, Airbnbs. And this is something we were talking with some other volunteers about uh, the other day, which is, you know, a lot of people when they travel, they try to find like the cheapest hostel they can. And we, you know, we started doing the, the numbers on it. And, you know, for us, to both of us get a, a bed in a hostel would have usually, in the places we were looking, saved us maybe 10 or $15 a night. At the most. At the most. Sometimes it wasn't even that much. Right, and so... And that was to have a bed in, like, a group room. Right, and so we kind of looked at this and said, well, we're, we're 31-ish. Yeah. We're, we're a little bit snooty at this point. And we like, you know, you're traveling, you're on a bus or a plane all day, it's nice to like go into your own room, be able to unpack your bag and lay down or take a shower and yeah. not have to like do the whole we've we've done the hostel thing. Yep, we definitely did the hostel thing. And it's and it's fun and it's it has a time and a place and I think we've gotten to the point where you know it's like one night, two nights. Like let's let's just we can afford the extra ten dollars a night. Yeah, it's and usually so th- these Airbnbs are usually between places that we're volunteering, so they're in the middle. And usually in the places we're volunteering, we've been living in a house or uh, cabins and stuff with other people. So we like the little <clears throat> break of having. Uh, our own space for a couple of days. And so that's been nice. You know, Airbnbs are actually has been a great way for us to travel in those in-between days. Yeah. And we meet, you meet the owners, you, yeah. you get recommendations that you wouldn't get normally. So yeah, it's, again, we are spending a lot of our time in group environments. And so when we like, let's go spend two nights on our own and not, yeah. So it's it's a little bit of a reset for us, and I think we actually did that just a few weeks ago. We spent we've been living in this farmhouse with lots of other people, and we took one night, drove a little ways away, had one night to ourselves, just a break, and that was what we needed to recharge and come back here. And we love you know meeting all these people and doing all this travel, but when it's long term, it you just need to make sure to make those spaces for yourself and for your relationship. Yeah, and I think again. A number that neither of us regrets. There was sure there was one or two that were like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but but yeah. Next, so, wait. The other thing I just wanted to mention quickly: the lodging. A lot of that is probably actually about half of it is lodging. Well, Chris's dad is going to be here, so that's sorry, dad. Yeah, no. That's, <laughs> It's exciting. We're really happy for him to come. He's going to be here for three weeks. We can't wait to do some traveling with him. And we all wanted to stay in Airbnbs as we did that. So, well, And that one really makes sense. Now, if you look at the numbers, right, we were spending a little extra per night for two of us. When you bump it up to three people, for three people to get a, a hostel in Patagonia or southern Chile, it's it's cheaper to just get an Airbnb. Right. So we're saving money. Yeah, and that way you have a kitchen too. That's the other thing. With the Airbnbs, yeah. we have a kitchen we can cook and hopefully we not, will cook. not go out to eat as much. <laughs> so the next number is tours. And yeah. the number for tours was five thousand nope, sorry, that's Whoa. I missed I missed I missed by a factor of five. <laughs> $1,000. Yeah, about $1,000. And, and that was the tours we did in Chachapoyas, Peru. We did a number of tours there. We also did the four-day uh, tour of the Bolivian salt flats, like which Chris is, said. Which is half of that number. Which is half of that number. Does, and, does this include our tours with my dad? And it also includes <clears throat> a couple of the tours that we're doing with Chris's dad. Yeah, so 
Really, $1,000 worth of tours, I'm happy with that. I don't think we need to justify that to these no. people. No, that's part of, we're here once, most likely, why not go see some of this stuff? Next up on the list is bills. Boring. Boring, but inevitable. We still have bills. Mostly was our medical insurance and... Google Project 5. Our, our telephones. Yeah. So $650 of bills. I don't think there's much to say here because no one cares. Side note, though, shameless plug for Google Project Fi. We've been really happy with their phones and their service while traveling. If you want to know more, check out the blog post that I'll put in the show notes, the linking to them. I just wanted to mention that because it's been great. If you travel a lot, I would definitely look into it. Yeah, and if you use it, it supports us. If you use the links to sign up, you save $20, and then we get a $20 credit. So, Yeah, check it out. That's just common sense. Yeah, and if you have any questions about it, we would love to talk to you about it. So just shoot us an email. Next up, MISC. Miscellaneous. Oh, miscellaneous. Okay. $3,000 of miscellaneous expenses. So... This is stuff like Kim and I got new hats because we wanted new hats. Yes. I had to get some new shirts because I shrunk down like a little tiny... You lost some weight. I lost some weight. Yep. Needed some new shirts. Um, And actually, half of that, so it's $3,000 total, half of that was Spanish school. So I didn't know exactly where to put that, so I put it in the miscellaneous. So really, we've only spent $1,500. Which is still a lot, but it includes yeah clothing, hats, toiletries, books on the Kindle, books on the Kindle, yeah. odds and ends, gifts for people, miscellaneous stuff. If yeah, you know. yeah. All right. So next up, thoughts. My thoughts. Actually, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Do you think it would have been possible to do this for the seven thousand dollars that we had talked about? Yes, I think it would have been possible. I don't think we would have enjoyed it quite as much. Any other thoughts? Because, you know, as we've been traveling right now, we we do volunteer a lot at places, so we get free lodging and free food as often as we can. But we have enjoyed the little splurges that we that we take to go off site for a night or two or to do a couple of the tours. And I think those little things interspersed with the volunteer work have really made the trip what it is because we get to live in those communities and we get to meet the people that work here and live here. But then we also get to go do some of the touristy things that we like to do. And I really enjoy that mix. Yeah, I think to build on that, the place that I feel like the budget fell apart because we were doing pretty good in Ecuador. Yep, we did good for about a month. And I, th- <laughs> I think where it fell apart was the the mindset shift came in Peru when we started the work away that we really didn't enjoy yes. and we felt very trapped and we did it again. We talked about this, but we did it for four days and we just had a sit down one night with each other and said, "What? We're here for a year. We're doing the the trip we've always dreamed about." Are we really going to spend four weeks working, doing stuff that we wake up every day and we're pissed off at these people, we're frustrated at ourselves? Well, in an atmosphere where we just weren't happy. Yeah, we weren't happy, we didn't feel welcome, we didn't feel clean. It was just all of that to save a little bit of money that we budgeted, sure, we budgeted as if we were going to stay there, but... We knew we could afford it, and for us, it was like, I don't want to look back in a year and regret spending a month with, in a situation that I hated. Right. 
to save $500. Nope. And so, you know, when we made that shift there, I think, you know, that, that started a few things. One was, you know, we left there and we spent a week in a hotel. It was like $20 a night. Which is to, to me, the $20 a night was way oh, worth it. Oh, for sure. And, and rather and, than staying in the situation we were in. And, we and then we did some tours there. But then that shifted our time. We decided, oh, well, instead of two weeks at Spanish school, we're going to do what wound up being a little over a month. And yeah. so, so that, that increased the cost. That cost went up. And then the cost of eating in Sucre while we were at Spanish school went up. And then everything shifted a little bit and got a little more expensive. But it was all around this idea that we're we're doing this trip one time. Sure, we may do another one in the future, but we can't guarantee that. So we're not going to be miserable or annoyed or want to look back in a year and be sad that we missed out on something that we knew we could afford if we were reasonable. And again, we weren't weren't going crazy. It was just shifting things to be happier right no we've always had the budget in the back of our mind every time we buy something or go do something we think about it so it's a constant goal of ours to be really mindful of the money that we are spending yeah and i think again we easily could have done the budget that we looked at you know for example where we are today volunteering at a restaurant and farm which gives us a free place to stay and free food, and it, it's literally, if we if we didn't ever want to leave here, we could stay here every single day for the six weeks and spend zero dollars. Yeah. Easily, no problem, we could do it. Mm-hmm. We probably would go crazy. Yep. Because we're in such a beautiful place, we want to get out and see it. So we've rented a car, we've stayed in an Airbnb a few times, we've taken the owners have let us use their car, and, yep. and gas is expensive. So, you know, it's... Finding that balance between living and enjoying, but also not spending all of our money. And I think we're there. Yeah. And the other thing I just wanted to mention, too, is back in June, our plan was to be in Ecuador for a month, Peru a month, Bolivia for three months. And then our thought was to come down to Chile and Argentina for maybe one or two months and then go back to Peru and Ecuador and that plan changed and Chile and Argentina are much more expensive than Peru, Bolivia, and Ecuador. Our original thought was that we would save money in the spring by going back to countries that were cheaper. But once we decided to come down to Chile and Argentina, we decided that, okay, we're already this far south. Why not stay this far south and explore the areas that we've always dreamed about? We've always really both wanted to come to Patagonia. And why not stay here for a while and really see the area, experience it? And then Peru and Ecuador and Bolivia are easier. They're closer to North America to come back to. So that was our mindset. And that, of course, increased the cost as well because Chile and Argentina are more expensive. We also made the decision to go to Easter Island, which we're both super excited about, but is a little more expensive. And the one thing we haven't mentioned, we also made the decision to rent a camper van and do a road trip in Chile. Yeah, that number is going to be big. But Again, renting a camper van and we're driving it from the southern tip of Chile all the way up to Santiago. It's going to take us about a month and a half-ish to do it. About five weeks, yeah. And this is something that that was born out of... We rented some camper vans in Australia when we were there. And it was... Those are some memories that we still talk about frequently. And so, you know, this was sort of a non-negotiable and we knew we wanted to do this. And actually, our best friends are coming 
down to spend two weeks in the van with us. Well, not in our van. They're renting a van as well. And we're, yeah, so we're super, super excited about that trip. And again, it was that balance of happiness versus having a couple extra dollars in our bank account when we got home. Like we said, we've always dreamed of coming to Patagonia. And what better way to see it than to drive a camper van through the mountains? I mean, maybe bicycles. That would be a cool way to see it. You can can ride behind the van. (laughs) We don't have, I mean, that's a long time in gear. But anyway, the van was a, a good middle ground and we are so excited for that so long story short we've gone over budget yep but we're happy about it which is not something i would have said seven months ago no for how much we were concerned about money and how long we've planned for this trip and tried to save money we're both very content with the amount of money that we've spent and we will continue to keep it in the back of our mind and be conscientious. I can't say that word of every dollar that we spend, and we will continue to do that. But at the that right now, it's not worth worrying about every day. No. So one thing I wanted to mention, since I think we're mostly done. Yeah, I think so. Is one of the ways that we keep track of these budgets, and it's a way. That if you're looking to help support us without actually spending any money of your own, we, you don't have to donate any money to us or spend it on a phone or anything like that. If you use the links in the show notes for this episode or on our website under the resources page for personal capital, it's a, a website that allows you to track all of your personal assets, your bank accounts, your credit cards, your investments, And it lets you also track budgets and what you've spent. And so we use it very frequently to see where we're at, what we've spent, where we've spent it, and where, you know, how the money's looking. So by signing up and using it for a little while, it's it's absolutely free for you and it supports us. It gets a little money in our pocket. So yeah, a hundred percent hundred percent free way to support the show and to support your favorite podcasters well (laughs) probably not but at least we're cool people at least we're cool people so go check that out we would love it if you do and we would uh we would be forever grateful yeah if you'd sign up through the link we'll put all the links to both personal capital and google project fi as well as a couple pictures on our show notes and you can find that on our website adventureforgood.com the number four You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We post quite a few pictures of our travels under Adventure for Good, the number four. And actually, it's underscore Adventure for Good. I think that's it. Do you have any other last words? No, let's go spend some more money. No, let's not do that. Okay, then let's go cook dinner. (laughs) Two weeks, we have an interview with Caroline. She's someone that we met in the Bolivian jungle and has a really fascinating story. She wasn't just like hanging out in the jungle. She was another volunteer. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, she was another volunteer. And she talks a lot about budget travel in South America and traveling as a retired... Woman? Woman, yeah. Someone who actually sticks to her budget. Yeah, she does a lot better at budget sticking than we do. So go go. Also, she was the reason we're going to Easter Island. Actually, yeah, she so is. So she owes us some money. <laughs> she went and spent time on Easter Island and said so many good things about it. We had to try to go too. All right, let's go make dinner. Okay, thanks everyone. 